What is up, you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you love to get your podcast from? I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms, as well as the host of this wonderful show, Reviewing Ruderalis, brought to us by Atlas Seed and the Autoflower Review. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe or follow along from whichever platform so you show them some major love, as they're the reason I get to blab to you all about cannabis information every single week. Now, in today's episode, it is not just a garden update like last week's, Today's episode is going to be tips for you growers to get more vibrant colors inside of your garden. Now, as it is around harvest season for many growers, I get asked quite often, how do I get more vibrant purples, more vibrant blue tones or red tones or pink hues, or maybe you want to really promote those orange pistols or a more vibrant green color. Um... Those, all of that is dependent pretty much on temperature ranges within the plant as chlorophyll will either break down um, at certain degrees above uh, certain temperatures or below certain temperatures, as well as genetics are a key role in a lot of those colors. So first and foremost, before we even get into the tips or tricks or anything like that, if you're seeking to grow a plant of a specific color because you want to experience it, Um, you definitely want to seek out quality genetics and you want to seek out a pheno or a plant that is going to promote those colors just even naturally under whatever circumstances you're going to be growing. So that means whenever you give it the most proper circumstances for color, it'll really have the very vibrant tone to it. Now, the next thing is, is knowing why is, why are purple plants a little more medically Um, beneficial than other colors of plants well chlorophyll just like carotenoids or anthocyanins which carotenoids are the oranges and reds you find in nature and um your all of the blue tones purple tones and um you know your deep like or your kind of pinker tones are going to be your anthocyanins um purple being very heavily sought after as it's usually about 3 to 20% more medically beneficial given the strain, circumstances, and all of that fun stuff. But anthocyanin does carry additional medicinal properties, unlike chlorophyll and carotenoids. Now, when growing cannabis, or when really growing any plant, chlorophyll is going to be the dominant um, color for most of the plant's life. I mean, most plants don't generally have a color change until the fall season or some sort of temperature in nature promotes that color change. Now, the reason plants will go even more greener in certain areas is because the temperature actually rose so high that the chlorophyll actually became more vibrant. So um, up to certain temperatures that aren't exceeding the plant's limit, you know, every single plant has a stress limit with uh, temperatures, cannabis being about 84 to 85 degrees in a home garden and about 87 to 89 degrees in an outdoor garden. Um, And that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. So when talking Celsius, I think chlorophyll can go all the way up to 100 degrees Celsius. Don't quote me on that. I literally don't know Celsius temperature, so um, I don't want to make myself look like a fool. But um, when it comes to Fahrenheit, Outdoor temperatures, about 89 degrees to 90 degrees is what cannabis really can handle. And most of the time when plants are in those ranges, they're usually very vibrant green plants. The leaves usually have a very, very, very um, 
deep but bright green to them. Not like a lime green, but a very nice deep green. That also comes from nitrogen intake as well. So the more nitrogen that a plant can absorb, and, a, and if a plant has the right amount of calcium and magnesium and boron and manganese and all those proper micronutrients and macronutrients, the chlorophyll is going to develop more holy and more vibrant or full. So that is another thing to take into account. So temperatures, heat, you know, the, the hotter the temperatures generally will increase um, the vibrancy of your chlorophyll. Now, if you get too hot, you know, we run into heat stress issues where chlorophyll can get burned, you can get necrotic spotting and your leaves can look all funky and everything like that. But as long as you're staying within the right realms of temperature, your plants will just go ahead and appropriately change. That's why in fall, you know, everyone says, oh, the leaves are so beautiful um, in fall because the fall leaves are coming out. Well, it's because the temperature, the temperatures at night drop drastically and right around the 68 degree Fahrenheit mark, chlorophyll is going to go ahead and start breaking down. Any colder than that, chlorophyll is going to really rapidly break down. And so that's going to allow um, the anthocyanin or the carotenoids to come through that the plant actually has underneath. And the reason that the plants do that in nature is because during those fall hours of daylight, there's less light. So encapsulating um, the plant is not going to utilize chlorophyll for photosynthetic processes like it used to. Now it can swap over to anthocyanin and carotenoids, which still work with uh, photosynthetic processes. But these are the fruiting stages. This is the later ripening stages. This is where the plant's going to drop the leaves and put the nutrients back into the soil and then start uh, basically hibernate until the next season and where it'll bloom again. Or if it's like cannabis or if it's like a plant that is supposed to die um, at the end of the year, uh, the goal is to pollinate, spread your seed, uh, die, have the seeds uh, frozen in the cold uh, earth. And then when the spring comes around, the wet showers and all the melting of the snow and everything like that or the cold temps, um, that are coming back down to normal temperatures will germinate the seeds and the new plants will grow. So that's how nature, you know, it, it, it kind of works in the rhythm of nature. And those cold hours and cold temperatures are going to bring out all of those colors. So how can we replicate this in a home garden or even in an outdoor garden um, for you growers out there? Well, outdoor is a little rougher. It's a little more interesting because you're at the whim of mother nature, given your circumstances, whether you're in a greenhouse or if you're just straight up outdoors or whatever you're doing. One thing you can do is water with cold water. So using ice in your water to actually water with to um, cold shock the roots, but you don't want to go below about 68 degrees Fahrenheit. 68 degrees Fahrenheit is about the range you want to stick. You don't need much colder. Uh, 65 degrees Fahrenheit can actually shock your plants into a stress and you don't want to necessarily do that. So just be very cognizant about how cold your water is. But one thing that you can do for indoor growers, one thing that I've done many a times is what I'll do is I'll feed, uh, I'll, I'll freeze my nutrient feed in ice cube trays and I'll dump the ice cubes onto my um, plants at the end of the 12, 12 cycle. And right as they're about to go to bed, um, I'll go ahead and put that ice on it and it'll melt through the night. And then in the morning, the soil were warm and my plants will basically have a cold night and a cold shock to their roots. That will basically be about anywhere from 68 to 65 degrees, roughly. If I'm growing on a flowers and my tent's on all the time, then I just put it in there and, you know, try to cold shock the roots with what I can. But basically trying to 
cool down the root system is way easier than trying to cool down the entire environment. Um, because if you're trying to cool down the entire environment, yes, you will pull out cold colors, but you have to make sure the roots are also getting the cold temperatures because the roots are directly responsible, responsible for telling the plant how much chlorophyll to break down and when to break it down and all that fun stuff. So if you're utilizing ice cube, like the ice cube method or like colder water or things like that, uh, to feed the roots, you'll have much better of a response to colors turning. Now, are there products out there that I promote to increase colors? Uh, there are two that I actually have promoted in the past and I, I actually haven't bought them in a while and I, I probably will snag them because they're really great products and I don't know why I haven't had them in a while. Uh, but Turpinator and Perpinator, um, I do like those products. They are, I do find them uh, as good products. Uh, I do enjoy them. So I recommend both of them. Perpinator in particularly is going to help with the anthocyanin breakdown or anthocyanins coming out and chlorophyll breakdown and all that fun stuff. Uh, Turpinator is more for a terpene profile round off. Um, but Perpinator, if you're looking for anthocyanins and colors and promotions of that color hue, I definitely recommend Perpinator. So you can get that on like Amazon and all that fun stuff. Now, is there really anything else I recommend? Um, no, not really. Uh, Genetics are pretty much key to how much color is going to come through on a plant or what color is going to be expressed. Uh, so you can only get, you're only ever going to get a specific amount of color. You know, phenotypes do exist where phenotypes within that strain are going to promote maybe a little excess color or different color hues. But if it's a stabilized strain or if it's a, if it's already a pheno hunted strain and you're working with a fairly stable strain, you really won't, going and trying to do everything under the sun to get more and more and more, there's going to be a limit that the plant can only express so much. So, you know, getting those nice fall fades, it's it's a mix of everything I just taught with the temperature and controlling the temperature and utilizing those tips and tricks at the 68 degree, the 65 degree Fahrenheit range with keeping, you know, cold shocking your roots. But on top of it, when you're in fall stages, also lessening certain um, nutrients like PK can help um, promote more pinker or oranger hues to come out because you are doing what kind of nature is actually doing naturally. So through the grow season, you know, all of those nutrients are being used up. And then by the end of the grow season, there's really not much left in the, the soil. And all of those plants are pretty much utilizing what's in the leaves that, you know, they've stored. And that's why you'll see when once they go through that PK, those tips usually go from yellow to orange to pink to whatever color they're going to promote, you know, maybe a orangey tone or a purple tone or a red tone or a green tone, whatever it may be, but it usually looks like almost like a sunset fading. And that is due to certain nutrients being lacked. And that's, uh, so that comes in with dialing in your systems, getting really involved into macro and micronutrient feeding, all sorts of things like that. So that's a whole other episode of itself. And that's, that's, talking about having sensors um you're in a space where you've literally dialed in every aspect and you're probably in a closed loop system at this point i mean the, to get to the point where you're dialing in macro and micronutrient feeds for color and that means you've pretty much rounded off everything else in your grow uh you know your per your cannabis is producing the most amount of trichomes it can for that strain it's producing the most amount of medical benefits for that strain and now you're just focused on look of that strain so you know, there's different things to grow for. And for me, I do a happy medium. I want the most amount of medical benefits that I can try to grow for in my own home without, you know, doing testing and things like that. 
I want the most amount of trichomes that I could possibly try to grow. And but I also really like color on certain plants. So I do the ice cube method. It works best for me in a home grow setting. Um, I don't go overboard with it. But yeah, if you have some crazy system and dialed in setup, yes, you can absolutely start feeding on macro macro and micronutrient levels to actually promote more colors when the fall fade time comes. So that's pretty much it for today's episode. I wanted to keep it quick, short, and straight to the point. Um, not confuse anybody. Temperatures are what control chlorophyll breakdown as well as, uh, like I said, some nutrient things and time of the year. That's nature. If you just kind of think about nature and when the fall comes around, how all the leaves change, it's same principle. It's because it gets cold outside and it's that time of the year. And if you look at states like Florida or states that are very hot that don't have necessarily weather changes or fall or like a true fall, their plants generally stay green for most of the year. And then they might die, you know, in certain areas where they just fall off the tree because it gets cold one night and they crinkle up and die or it gets too hot one day and they shrivel up and die. But most of the time, most of the plants in those states are very green and luscious year round because of the sun. So that is why, um, you know, heat or cold pretty much dictates what a plant is going to express and as well as genetics and food available. So I hope you all you growers enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and comment down below if you have any questions and subscribe or follow along from whichever platform you're tuning in from. So you show Atlas Seed and the Autoflower Review some major love for letting me blab on this wonderful show reviewing Ruderalis every single Monday to you all. And uh, yeah, I actually didn't miss a Monday this time. So ha. Huh. <laughs> all right. Much love. Happy growing and peace, everyone. I'm your host, Chronic from the Cannabis Chronicles, and I'll be back every single week to teach you all more about cannabis. All right. Peace.